That's a good sound. That's a good sound. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. Yeah. And, uh, man, to hear you clap is a good sound. I thought it would just be me here today. And, uh, man, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even blame you. If you're tuning in online, I hope that you're living the dream and that you're still in bed, except for maybe there's somebody cooking a pot of chili in the next room. Like, we hope that's what's going on. Uh, if you're online, give us some love online. Let us know that you're on there. Uh, we'll hope to see you next week in person. Thank you, everyone. Uh, for being here. It's just, it's an honor uh, to get to serve with you. Let's, let's begin by praying this morning. Father, we ask that you will speak to us, that you'll speak through us. Uh, Lord, that we would be empty vessels and that you would fill us, fill us with hope, uh, fill us with knowledge, and fill us with uh, encouragement, Lord. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, maybe you have not been to church in a long time. Uh, maybe this is your first time to be in church in a long time, or, or or your first season. You've been a couple weeks, but this is your first season in a long time or ever to be in church. Uh, we have, because we are in Texas, some prerequisite knowledge about what it's like to follow God, but that isn't always accurate knowledge. Now, we've been walking through the book of Exodus uh, we're walking through pretty quickly, um, but if if you don't know what the book of Exodus is or that you're like, I thought it was just the Bible was a book. Well, the Bible is 66 books. There's 39 in what we call the uh, Old Testament and then 27 in what we call the New Testament. The New Testament's where Jesus comes and shows everything, but make no mistake, the entire book, all 66 books are pointing to Jesus and how he would change the world and how he will change you and how he will take us to be with him in glory. Now, the story that we're reading is, is a very like on the nose, uh, uh, symbolic pointing to Jesus taking his people out of this world to be with him in the promised land. And so we have this thought that the children of Israel are put into slavery in Egypt, and then after slavery, they'll get to go to the promised land. And so God says, hey, I'm going to take you out of where you don't want to be and put you into where you do want to be, right? Isn't that what we think is the deal? And it's like there's this land flowing with milk and honey, and I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds a bit like a churro dip cone from Dairy Queen. Can I get an amen from my girl over here? Okay. Uh, that's like, okay, so we're going straight to dessert, milk and honey. Um, no, that's not how this works. Don't you know dessert comes last? See, after, not always, somebody said, you're like, today I will prove you so wrong, preacher. After Egypt... We're told is the promised land. But you've got to read the story. Because what happens is after Egypt, you get the wilderness. And so if you are following God, maybe for the first time ever, you're like, this feels a little bit more like the wilderness than the promised land. And I want you to know you're in the right place. If you thought everything was just going to align for you because you got saved, 
um, you were following instructions and advice uh, that is not biblical. Because that is not the model that Christ set. And listen, we're going to get to uh, we're going to get to Egypt. We're going to get to the wilderness. But look at what Jesus tells us in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter ten, verse thirty-two through thirty-nine. All the scripture will be on the screen behind me, by the way. If you're not you're not fast at thumbing through, maybe you don't have a Bible. We'd love to give you one there in the foyer. No one expects you to be an expert today. Uh, if you're watching online, um, you're like, I can't thumb between my Bible and this this live stream. It's okay. So it's right here. I'll read it to you. Remember the earlier days when after you had been enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. After you had been enlightened, you endured a hard struggle? So you were never told you're going straight to the promised land. In fact, when you turn your life to Jesus, it will bring about a new set of hardships. Hold on, there's hope. Okay, I'm not trying to, trying to dissuade you here. Sometimes... You were publicly exposed to taunts and afflictions, and at other times you were companions of those who were treated that way. For you sympathized with the prisoners and accepted with joy the confiscation of your possessions. What? After you got saved? Yes. Because you know that you yourselves have a better and enduring possession. So don't throw away your confidence which has a great reward for you need endurance so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what was promised. When? After you have done what is God's will. Oh, we're going to get to that in Egypt. Then, the promised land is coming. And you already have bits and pieces of that in your life, even though you're in the wilderness. For, verse 37, for yet in a very little while the coming one will come and not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith, and if he draws back, I have no pleasure in him. But we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. We have to go through the wilderness because that's where our family is. That's where our brothers and sisters are. That's where we will learn our lessons. This is not a day at the beach. This is a day in the deep. Rescue happens in the deep. And I know you want to be a missionary in the, in the wine-tasting villages of Tuscany, but uh, it doesn't always happen like that. Rescue happens in the deep. When Jesus rescued you, were you not in the deep? If you were on the beach, you weren't drowning. If you were in the shallows, put your feet down, quit freaking out. Rescue happens in the deep, and thank God that's where he went to get you. But God always uses his people to do that. And if you are a man or woman of faith this morning, somebody came to you in the deep, and you probably tried to drown them. Can I get an amen? Okay. And you will be that for someone. And it is rewarding work. And you will survive. But someone will try to drown you. Now, we want it to be the next step out of slavery is into the promised land. But that is not God's path. And I'm going to tell you his way is better. I know that you thought that uh, coming to Christ was a cure-all. And you were right. I believe that he is the answer for everything going on in your life. But, and I didn't do this for, man, I love Jesus with all my heart, and I still don't make my own tears. Keep praying for that. Maybe one day. But for some reason, he wants me to not make my own tears. I do this manually about 180 times a day. 
and in my sleep. It doesn't take away all of our physical problems. Because this is not my concern as much as my spirit, your spirit, my eternity is a concern. Okay, this is what Jesus is looking at. So his way is better. First thing, if you're taking notes, you've got a connection card, write that down first. His way is better. Go with me to Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 through 18. We have now been released. We are walking out, right? Moses went to Pharaoh uh, and said, God wants his people out of here. And so God brings 10 plagues onto Pharaoh. Remember that number 10. Okay, 10 is the number of testimony. God is going to bring 10 plagues on the Pharaoh. Pharaoh finally says, let them go. Verse 17. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them along the road to the Philistines, even though it was nearby. Well, that seems cruel. For God said the people will change their minds and return to Egypt if they face war. Now had they picked, they would have gone straight to the promised land. But God needed them to go through some trials. God needed to go through, uh, needed them to go through quite a few things before they could go into the promised land. And guess what? You are no different. I am no different. We will have to spend our time in the wilderness Learning who our God is so that when we get to the promised land, we know who we're looking for. God knew what they needed. Nobody's going to want this, but God knows what they need, okay? Verse 18, so he led the people around toward the Red Sea along the road of the wilderness, and the Israelites left the land of Egypt in battle formation. God knows what you need, and many of you can say that now. I am here And had I gotten the opportunity, the chance to pick my route, this wouldn't be on my map. (laughs) This wouldn't be where I am. However, I can tell you now, if it weren't for here, and I'm not talking like physically, I'm talking about the season of life that you're in, maybe physically the location that you're in. But had it not been for this place, I would not be ready for the promised land. Can anybody say that? Okay, online, give me an amen, give me something. If it weren't for this place, I would not be ready for the promised land. See, God knows what you need, so let's just decide now to follow him even when it seems crazy. Now, you got to make sure that you're following Jesus and not just your whimsical imagination. We'll talk about that at a different time. But if you're following Jesus, the sanity of the plan really doesn't matter. (laughs) If you are leaving Satan, here's the other thing, you better be in battle formation. See, when the people left out, they were in battle formation. Now, hold on. Pharaoh had let them go. We talked about this last week. If God is going to convince Pharaoh to let them go, God didn't need Pharaoh to chase the people. The people needed Pharaoh to chase the people. And so they left in battle formation because even though they've seen God do all these miraculous things, still they are a little jumpy. And God wanted them to be that way. And so as they left, they left in battle formation. In New Testament church, do you know what the battle formation looks like? It looks a little like this. Okay? Yes, God has your back. 
No, he is not destroying every enemy. You will still be pursued. You will still be chased. You still have a journey in front of you. You better leave in battle formation. You better be willing to listen to instruction. If you want to leave this season of life, if you want to leave slavery from Satan, you had better understand God's instruction. I've got a map for you, and there's also somewhere here a laser. Is it working? My laser is not working today. Ta-da! No, battery's too low. Okay, I have a map, and you have a red line here. Now, anyone who tells you they know how the people leave Goshen, so you have Goshen. You know the, the Nile River actually runs north, which is strange. Almost, almost no rivers do that, but this one, this one runs uh, north. Some others do, just in case you are going to give me a geography lesson. I understand, some do. But uh, this runs north, and so this sort of delta, this green delta, is going to be Goshen, where the children of Israel are. Now, they're going to go from there, and you see this little thing at the top that says the way of the Philistines, and you're like, listen, I can't see that I'm 50 yards away. I'm telling you, just right by the sea, they go straight up to where the top of this map is, and bam, you're in the promised land. It's just right there. But God is going to lead them along this little red path, and they're going to end up in what is now called the Sinai Peninsula, okay? And anyone who tells you, I know exactly where the children cross the Red Sea, uh, man, okay, cool, maybe you're right, probably not. I think I know, I know this is getting pretty nerdy, I think I know, but we're pretty certain that the children were wandering around, they could have gone straight across the top, and they're wandering somewhere around down here, and it's exactly where God wanted them to be. But if you look at where they're headed and where they started, where they're at looks like insanity. It's craziness. But God is the one. See this little red line headed south? Moses is the one telling God where to turn. It's nuts. And so Pharaoh's going to send out scouts, and the scouts are going to be watching the people, and they're like, they are lost. <laughs> Listen, you have let go an entire nation of morons. They have no idea where they're going. They're wandering around aimless and lost. Let's go get them. And that's what happens. Go with me to Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. God provides for his instructions. When God gives you instructions, he's going to provide for what he's got planned, okay? The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and in a pillar of fire to give them light at night. For seven days, they're going to be able to travel day or night and they're leaving And it's pretty easy to know which way to go because as I go, I just look for where God is. Listen, some of you are wondering about your next step in life. Instead of asking this question, God, where do you want me? Ask this instead. God, where are you? Because I want to be there. Some of y'all didn't get how profound that was. I stole that, okay? Instead of asking, God, where do you want me to be? God, where are you? Because I want to be there. 
And so when during the day there is a cloud in front of you, a pillar that is giving you shade, that is giving you refuge during the day, and there is a fire lighting and warming you by night, it's pretty easy to know which way to go because I see where God is. So that they could travel by night. Verse 22, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. Church, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I know it feels crazy to wander around in the desert. But just like King David told God, it is better to be in your courts one day than a thousand days anywhere else. I would rather be in the wilderness with God than in the promised land fending for myself. Keep reading the Bible after Exodus. You will find this to be true. Your promised land can become a hell if you're there without God. So, God is going to make provisions for His directions. And let me ask you, is that not true in your life? Tell me a time that you have followed God and you live to regret it. And I believe that there are stories that you could bring me. I believe that there are your stories. Listen, I really thought I was in the will of God. And this happened and I don't understand this. I think that one day you will come to not regret that when you see it through the Lord's eyes. But tell me a time when you go, I shouldn't have followed God yesterday. That was the worst decision I've ever made. I don't think that happens. I do think that we wake up and go, I knew. I knew. I knew God didn't want me to do it. And I did it anyways. And I regret that. God provides when we follow his plan. Third thing I want you to write down is give God the journey and he will take you to the destination. I need you to understand that God is not worried about how you will part this earth. He's not worried about it. He's not worried about whether or not he can get you there. All he's looking for is obedience in the journey. Chapter 14, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pahazuzuth, between Migdol and the sea. You must camp in front of Belzephon, facing it by the sea. Turn and, and go and camp facing the sea. Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they are wandering around in the land in confusion. The wilderness has boxed them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Thanks, God. Then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. They're all following this pillar of cloud, this fire. Moses is saying, here's what we're going to do. And everyone is walking for seven straight days. Day and night a lot of times they walk. This is the elderly. This is the children. This is their flocks, herds. And they're taking some weird turns. And you know that everyone has an opinion about the matter. Yet. It gets worse. God is going to lead them. 
through the valleys until they are trapped by the wilderness on all sides into the Red Sea. And Pharaoh is going to be stirred up to chase them down and murder them all. Or at least murder most of them and bring some back into captivity. Things go from weird to bad to worse to insanity. And now they're trapped, they've got Pharaoh behind them, and they're looking straight at a sea that, if they crossed where I think they crossed, is about 12 miles wide. Nobody's swimming in. But here's the problem. That's only a problem if you're looking at yourself. See, Moses was looking at God. What does God want? How is God going to do this? Because God had told him, he says, I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh. God is going to fund his projects. God is going to provide for his instructions. And God is going to receive glory from what he does. Don't try to stand in the way of that. Don't try to take your own path. Don't try to outthink God. Because you don't see what's coming next. If the Israelites would have said, this is insane, I know a shortcut, we would not be here today, 3,500 years later, talking about this. The Lord has a plan, stick to his stuff. Luke chapter 16 verse 10 says this, whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. He's not worried about your destination, he's worried about your faithfulness. Listen to Revelation 2.10, don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison to test you, and you will experience affliction for 10 days. Be faithful to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. Walk through the wilderness until you get trapped, and I'll split the Red Sea. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I'll give you the crown of life. It is never told to us in the Bible that after slavery comes the promised land. It's always the wilderness. That's not a very good pep talk, but hang on. Because the fourth thing I want you to write down is this. The presence of enemies is not the absence of God. The presence of enemies is not the absence of God. In fact, if you've got a lot of spiritual enemies, that may be how you know you're doing it right. Exodus chapter 14 verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They, <laughs> I bet, I bet, are you kidding me? I mean, they had, they had seen so much in Egypt. And they're like, we'll never see him again. And then, maybe we will. Let's leave in battle formation. Now we're wandering around. Now we're trapped. And they see Pharaoh and they're like, I, I, we never should have followed Moses here. Never should have done this. At least when I was a slave, I wasn't about to die. At least when I was a slave, I wasn't hungry. We say this. 
At least when I was drinking, I had. And you will leave a slavery. And then when we face opposition, we'll miss it. Isn't that, isn't that insanity? And we've all done it. We've all done it. Jesus tells us that we are like dogs returning to their vomit. And you know at some point in time, you've been over there eating your throw up. Going like, man, I, I miss whatever I ate earlier. That made me sick. And you've done it. I've done it. We've all done it. This is why we need the wilderness. Because they're going to learn something about God here. Now they don't learn the west lesson well as you read through the Bible. But I think that's the point because neither did we. The Israelites were terrified and cried out for the help of the Lord. Verse 11, they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? You know, the interesting thing too is, and, and this, this, this is just a little, a little side note. You're following a pillar of fire. <laughs> Look, what other questions are there? Really? You think Moses is doing that? Do you not understand that there's a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire that you are following to this place that never leaves? You've never seen this before. There's no other explanation for this. And now you have this and you're following it and you're just like, we're done. We're done for. Not looking at the pillar of fire. How many of you has God led out of something that you said, I will never get out of this? And he leads you out just to go, he brought me into Egypt just to die. Look, you're in a place you never thought that you would be. They're free. They're free. And they, the whole time it was, let us go worship our God. There he is. There he is right there. There's a pillar of fire. Look. Open your eyes. And how much has God done for you? And we're like, I don't remember any of that. All I see right now is just splashing my name all over social media. I mean, we're just. <laughs> you think about that. How many people, even when Christ was there, didn't believe? I mean, that, I've, I've told you all this. The, probably the miracle probably the miracle that had Jesus killed more than any other. Now, he claimed to be the son of God, so they're like, this joker's got to go. You can't say that. That's blasphemous. And like they have a point. Because if you're not, that is a very blasphemous thing to say. But then he does this thing. And this, this became so public. There's this guy named Lazarus. And he is dead for days. And on like day four, Jesus comes and he's like, Lazarus, let's go. And Lazarus comes out just still wrapped Still wrapped, okay, walks out of the tomb and people see it and they're like, you guys, oh my gosh. And they're running into town like, bro, zombie apocalypse happening right now. You guys come on. They are, they, they, their minds are toasted over the deal. And they're going to crucify him a few days later. You saw a dude in grave clothes walk out of the grave. But now it's like, listen, we were looking for a political figure. I mean, you're not talking politics. 
you've got no plan for getting rid of Rome. We're done with you. And this is what we do as believers. This is what the people do. They can't see the pillar of fire in front of them and begin to doubt God. They begin to doubt Moses. And they're saying stuff like, is it because there weren't graves back home? Is that why we came out here to die? Because I could have died there without blisters on my feet. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Do you see that in verse 11? What have you done by bringing us out? How dare you do what we prayed for for years? Because this is not how we saw it going. Verse 12. Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. They're going to see more problems But Egypt's not one of them. The Lord will fight for you. And you? (laughs) How many times do you feel like this has been what God would say if he could speak audibly to you? The Lord will fight for you. And you must be quiet. The people were afraid. They forgot all that God had done. And they're like, how are we going to defeat them? We can never defeat them. We're tired. We've got all of our kids here. I don't want my kids to see this. This is going to be an R-rated battle. I don't get what God is after here. And Moses is like, listen, here's your job today. Shut up. This is not your fight. Church, I want you to think about a lot of the things that you have going right now. Are you trying to follow Jesus? Is there opposition in your life? Are you trying to leave slavery? Are you trying to get out of a season of life? Are you wondering how you're going to defeat your enemies? Let me give you the answer. You're not. You stay on offense. You keep following Jesus. He'll take care of Egypt. He always has. But you don't understand, I'm trapped. I think they understood pretty well being trapped. Your job is to be in battle formation. Your job is to be on your knees and pray. The Lord will take care of Egypt. He's not worried. I hope that you understand that today. No matter how much anxiety and worry you walked in here with today, God did not. He's not worried about your future. Stand Firm, he said. Dusty tells me this all the time. He's like, do you realize our heritage here in America? Our ancestors fought, and and not most, but almost most of them died because they were being taxed too much on tea. Like, we don't put up with anything. Or didn't. they were able to say, this is the hill that I'm willing to die on. Literally, that's where it comes from. <laughs> this is the hill I'm willing to die on. And they were able to do, do that over taxation without representation. How about your faith? Are you willing to stand firm, even to the point of death, for your creator God who has called you and has a purpose for you? 
So what was their job? We're going to fight Egypt. No, we're going to obey God. I want the worship team to go ahead and come up. Are you fighting or are you praying? Are you worried? Are you trapped? Are you looking at a sea that you can't swim, that you can't get your people across? Because if you don't know the rest of the story, and that's okay if you don't know the rest of the story, I'll tell you. Moses is going to walk out into the sea. He's going to put his staff down. God is going to part the waters somehow. We don't know exactly what it looked like. But God is going to part the waters somehow. And the people are going to cross over. And when they are crossovered, God has moved this pillar of fire from in front of the Israelites to the back of them. And he is protecting them. Okay, Egypt is not allowed to pursue them. Until they get across this sea, God will remove this so that Egypt can come out. And when Egypt's army comes out pursuing the Israelites, the sea will flood back in over them. And just like he said, they will never be seen again. All God needed from his people was for them to follow him. All God needs is for you to follow him. I think this is one of the reasons, and I'm, I'm, I, I, well, I'm not about to start a building fund, okay? I'm, 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 I don't talk about this often, and I think I'm doing you a disservice. I think this is one of the reasons that God wants us to tithe, is because that's one of the hardest things to do. Because like, hey, I, I need this. <laughs> and so he asks us, uh, to tithe. Why? Because it shows my sign of obedience. This doesn't even make sense, and I'm willing to follow you. And then he blesses those things. Why? Because he needs you, he needs you, because you need you to have a wilderness experience so that you can learn who God is. They're just meeting their God here. Because up to this point, they've been in a society where there were many gods and all of these gods were limited. And they're understanding an unlimited God who not only con controls all the things that happened in these plagues that allowed them to come out, but now he can split seas. There's a pillar of fire. He drowns a full army. They're meeting God for the first time. If you are in the wilderness, don't be ashamed of that. That's where you meet God. And let me give you another little hint. Nobody's in the promised land yet. Not anybody in this room anyways. Because we call that heaven. And as long as you are still in this place, you're in the wilderness. You are in the this side of heaven. You're not there yet. Now you're under the rules of it. Yeah, we, I, I, I did it boat analogy weeks ago. We, we have pieces of the kingdom of God already here, but it is not yet in fullness. Everyone in this place is still in the wilderness. And as long as you're there, all that matters is following God. Well, that sounds super simple. I already knew that, Pastor. Okay. Awesome. Then bring others with you. But maybe, maybe you're wondering what your next step is. First off, look around. 
Look around at the pillar of fire. Look around at the pillar of cloud. Look around that you are no longer in Egypt and that you were out. And let's celebrate that for a minute. Can anybody celebrate that God has brought you out of Egypt? Amen? Okay. Now, God has brought you out of a place into a place, and this isn't maybe the place that you would have chosen, this isn't the path that you would have chosen, but can you trust God enough to say, this is the path that I need, and be content to be where God is. He went before them in a pillar of fire, he went before them in a pillar of cloud, and that cloud, we believe, was on the Sinai Peninsula. It was not in Jerusalem. It was not in Israel. So they would have been in the promised land without God and a promised land without God is no promised land. Church, be content to be where God is. If you follow your own path, you're going to miss the parting of the Red Sea. Okay? If you follow God long enough, He is going to put you in between a rock and a sea. Church, if you follow God long enough, He's going to put you in such a precarious position that you're like, well, either I heard wrong or we're all about to die. The Lord will provide. I want to pray for you. And uh, the worship team is going to play and, and, and we'll be done. And I hope that you have whatever soup or chili you've been dreaming about since you got cold and wet. But I want to, I want to pray for you. Y'all bow with me. Lord, I know that in this place, you are calling people to you. And God, we live in a culture that says that, no, that, that, that a God who won't take you straight to the promised land is no God at all. But you never said that, Lord. God, I pray that we will have joy and that we will have great contentment in the wilderness following you. I pray that we will never stop looking to the cloud of fire. I pray that we will never stop looking at your provisions and that we will always see you and be happy to be with you. God, I, I know that there are, are those who feel like Egypt is chasing them right now, and maybe so, but God, would you just comfort them that you can take out Egypt's best army? God, would you allow us to remain silent while you fight the battle and we give you glory, we give you praise. Lord, Moses didn't do this for Egypt, and we know that. The children, upon their own righteousness and awesomeness, did not do this for themselves. You are the one who defeated Egypt, and so we need you now, Lord. We are not enough. Our enemy is greater than we are, but you are greater than our enemy. And you take the glory, you take the credit, just like you did in Egypt. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Church, I'm going to give you just a second. I'm going to ask Dusty just to, just to play a little bit and give, give a little bit of, of intro to this song before, uh, before we play. And I, I want to ask you just to spend some time with the Lord. I'm going to ask you to talk to the Lord about your wilderness, to talk to the Lord about your Egypt. And I want you to say in these words, God, this battle is yours. You're fighting some stuff that you have no business fighting. Lord, the battle is yours. If you guys have it, I'm going to ask you to pray.